Story time with your favorite queers. Do you queer what I queer? Come ye to live on more. Is it good? Hi. Hi. Hi, Tom. How's it going? Hi, Elliot. Uh, it's going really. It's going really well, actually. How good. are you? Good. How are you at home, listeners of Do You Queer What I Quit Ear? <laughs> um, yeah. How are you? We really do want to know. How are you? Okay. Yeah. Let us know. Let us know. Um, that's Elliot. That's Tom. We're Dickwick. We're Dickwick. Thanks for tuning in. C- uh, couldn't appreciate it more. Please rate, review, subscribe. Yeah. Please tell three friends. Sure. Please to rate, review, it. and subscribe. Do the whole thing. Um, I love when we get a new review. It's my favorite thing to be like, oh, what did they say next? It like it's actually the best. Even it's if so you want to write something banal or t- like if you hate us or love us, please just write something. <laughs> um, <laughs> email us at do you queer what I queer at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook, Patreon, Instagram. Yeah, we're. Um, we're a podcast that is a passion project podcast and we uh, any small donation helps thank yeah. you to our patrons as is yeah. um but also if you have some extra pocket change and you like what we're doing um donate to us and yeah. you can also tell us what you'd like us to do yeah totally <laughs> so yeah anyway that's just some off the top podcast stuff we've yeah been told and to most do. importantly this is our uh last recorded episode of season two there is one more special episode left which is our live show yes which you can come and see you should come and see please we come and see if you come and see it <laughs> uh that is of course at november 19th at glad That's day bookshop glad day bookshop doors are at what seven i believe seven yep there will be vegan catering come get some drinks get some lattes watch uh, watch us try and dismantle the gender binary as best as we can yeah. and come hear some guests return. So. Yeah, we have a lot of, we, we have a really fun, exciting lineup of people coming Yay. to talk. And I am very excited for the night and nervous. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, nervous too. Last year at our live show, uh, we didn't give ourselves time to like, think about it. We just booked the space. We yeah. just literally showed up and like started. Um, yeah. And so this time I feel like with all the knowledge we've learned... We I'm, have to be better. Yeah, I'm putting so much better. expectation on myself. So yeah, me too. Everyone, if I show up in a garbage bag, like just smelling really bad and like sleeping on stage, just that's fine. Let me do that. Okay, it's entertainment. I need to it's do entertainment. that. Entertainment. <laughs> um, we have a great guest today. It's phenomenal. Um, let's just jump right in. Uh, sh- Whitney French, yeah, who uh, is a friend of the podcast, a friend of mine. We've talked about her before. She's spoken at the Women's March. She does amazing work. She had a zine come out yesterday called Are You Okay? Mm-hmm. You can visit her website, WhitneyFrenchWrites.com. Oh, yes. Elliot has some business. I just have, business. Yeah, I just have yeah. Um, so the work that she's done. I just wanted to outline it yes. before. Yes. Um, so she's written articles for CBC Books, for Wright Magazine, for Geist, The Town Crier, Quill, and Choir, and Legacy Network. She's published books. Uh, she published a book of poetry called Three Cities. She's published a book of short fiction and poetry called Face Full of Atmo. She published a story called Glass in the edited edition Black Notes, Young Black Voices. Uh, and there's a forthcoming work, uh, Black Writing Matters, which uh, Whitney herself has edited. And you can hear her talk about the process of putting together an anthology. Uh, she's written other zines include uh, From the Root, zine with editions uh, entitled home mind body and hair um she puts together workshops uh workshop writing while black tree sessions story doctoring getting indie with it uh also 
I mean, I just saw that the whitest it's getting indie with it. I realized that <laughs> I didn't say it right. Sorry. Um, oh, you're so white. She also does poetry busking. And I wrote down the definition here because it's so cool. So it's defined as uh, co-writing with an audience or individual by choosing any three words. She types up a poem on the spot without any other prompt on her 1950 Underwood typewriter. Using intuition and creativity, she writes an original work within minutes. Poetry busking is done at festivals house parties, shows, and of course on the streets. Ask Whitney French writes to perform poetry busking at your next event. Yeah. We so, do a version of that in class too. It's so it's, fucking cool. It's cool watching 13 year olds do that. You can watch Whitney do it also on her website, Whitney French writes, and she has a blog and you can drop her a line. So just check it out. Upcoming project. Also, uh, the, the title is the work in progress, but you can find it under the hashtag, uh, 30, 31 days of O following her work so yeah elliot just like look i'm at just that preamble you're really so profesh, profesh thanks i've been doing this thing lately like i find accountability uh no <laughs> it's actually really it's a lot more selfish than accountability <laughs> um if any of our listeners self-medicates uh with weed for anxiety hi hi i see H- and hear you h-i-g-h Hi and hi. Oh, that was too slow of me to pick up on that. You've been smoking too much pot. <laughs> Probably. Um, no, but I've been doing this thing every morning where I wake up. I have black coffee. I smoke some weed and I go to the gym. Um, and it's gotten to the point where it's helped my day exponentially because I can just put my brain to the side. And then all my time after that is like exponentially more productive. And my mental health has been improving Vastly, I feel attacked by your regime. I'm really sorry. You don't have to no do it. There's no way that I can do that. I just no, but you don't need to smoke weed or have coffee. Just like just I, sweating. Just no, I know, sweating. I know. Like I just my partner Vigo always tells me like about my mental health. He's like, just start working out. Like any healthcare, like mental healthcare professional is going to ask you how how much physical activity you do. Yeah, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to sleep and cry and then like be depressed. Um maybe you just like try it's obviously not a it's not a band-aid like you still you still yeah. need to like work yeah, yeah, yeah. it out but you. you guys people folks i'm doing a lot better and that's great yeah. that's great i'm doing better too i think um sleeping <laughs> you guys it's like we just discovered fucking fire we're like sleeping and exercising like oh my god tom i'm happy to hear that that's amazing oh fuck's sakes anyway i'm really excited about this segment me too please stay tuned you're gonna get yeah oh yeah during like uh also like man i mispronounced some names and i'm embarrassed and sorry about that beforehand and also elliot leaves uh mid-interview to go collect his legal weed yeah from the delivery delivery. person so see if you can catch see if you can pick up on when that is (laughs) and yeah without further ado here's uh, whitney so here we are, Elliot. Hi, Tom. With our very special guest this week, Whitney French. Hello. Hi. Hey. How are you doing? I am so excited to be here. Thank I'm you so very excited. much for coming. It means the world. I heard you refer to yourself in the third person as Frenchie. Is that this you... is true? <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love that. Do you go by Frenchie, or is that just like a cute? So, like, my dad goes by Frenchie, and oh. then my older sister goes by Frenchie. Like, the whole family clan kind of like rocks the Frenchie name real hard. I love that. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I tell my students to refer to me as Frenchie because it's like I don't know, it's just like it's a good like shorthand. And yeah, especially I... when I'm like Frenchie. Get it together. <laughs> yeah, you do say French, you get it together a lot. Well, it helps, though. <laughs> I wish my last name lent itself to that. My, so I was stony. Or no, my brother was stony growing mm. up, and I was Lil Stony. Lil Stony. Oh, yeah. but 
that's that does like awful. conflicting things for your self-image i imagine exactly yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Wait, whitney thank you so much <laughs> Thanks for, being for coming here. frenchy <laughs> little tangent all right little stony um, so let's check in with everybody how are all do how are we all doing please report in color whitney would you like to begin i will start um i even though it's like super wet and gloomy out at this very moment I am like buzzing. I'm like electric indigo right now. I'm like so <laughs> stoked. We had like an amazing zine launch yesterday. So I'm just like, I woke up and my eyes were like, yes, this is it. I love that. It was a pretty spectacular night. I was lucky enough to go and witness the zine launch Yeah. at um, Margin of Era. Yeah. Oh my God. That's such a good name. <laughs> yeah. It's this amazing gallery in Parkdale. Um, they seem to do some really cool ass shit. Yeah, they have amazing, like, art gallery performances, facilitation stuff, they do workshops. Um, Like, their entire purpose is to, like, create art for artists who are working and living on the margins. Oh, my God. That's their existence. That's That's amazing. That's really cool. So you had, what, so you ran a writer's collective course there for the last few months? Yeah, so it's called Story Rental Studio. SRS for short, and it's actually our third iteration of the program. So it's, like, SRS cubed yes <laughs> i had to I think about that, that for a second <laughs> uh, but yeah srs is like it's like a super intense um creative writing program mm. it's for like artists uh and writers who are like living and working on the margins uh 29 and under um and we started in may and like last night was like the culminating like performance wow. zine launch extravaganza does it culminate in a single performance like for all the months up until that so like in may um so like they have like an application process Mm -hmm. and then the writers like submit their work and i think this year we had like quite a few uh submissions and we only selected seven wow and those seven get to work with yours truly (laughs) every other week from pretty much may till now and then they just like work together on their pieces and then they for the zine they selected like us like a, like an excerpt of mm-hmm. their manuscript to to be published oh that's dedication i love that and so the zine was called are you okay which was like so apropos mm-hmm. i want to say for this time mm-hmm. in this hellscape world and thank you for saying so, um, <laughs> so i really appreciated all of all of the um the what's the word collaborators bravery Mm. they all like really spoke to maybe why they're not okay Mm -hmm. maybe why they are okay last night and like each story was diverse and compelling and the writing was so precise Mm. it was just so excellent it was a great experience yeah precision precision of language is like a thing that we talk about in the program but also we talk about personhood right so whether we're writing fiction nonfiction, poetry it's like who like coming to understand yourself as a person mm. and your personhood and how that personhood is like either validated or invalidated in the world and how your expression and your writing kind of like pushes that forward and really like exemplifies that wow yeah like oh i just i'm just so proud of my students like this is the electric indigo is like just ah. raring to go i love it that's awesome yes. listen up listeners you're gonna be enlightened and uplifted this week I feel. yes <laughs> that's what Frenchie does. i was really inspired i like as usual i'm inspired by you like it, i'm very lucky because whitney and i work together um doing different creative writing courses in and out of school mm-hmm. and um I've I've gleaned 
from her. So <laughs> she always she usually makes me pen something myself if I'm I in class. do. Ooh. I'm like, Tom, did you do writing? He's like, no, I'm writing a boring email. I'm like, Tom. <laughs> But, yo, low-key, though, listeners, everybody, okay, so Tom can write, Mm -hmm. like, he's holding out, like, you're actually holding out, like, you wrote a beautiful poem, an absolutely beautiful poem in our workshop the other day. And even the students were just like, okay, Tom, (laughs) you got snaps, you got snaps. That's very nice. Yeah, you, you helped me a lot, for sure. I feel like it's funny that it's an improvised <clears throat> podcast every week. It's almost like you're doing a disservice. It makes me angry because I do. I like even though I have been improvised my whole life, I feel much better. Me too. Uh, with a pen on paper. But mm. oh, speaking well. of much better, how? What's your color? So uh, my color is like a a deep uh, royal blue, mm. but like gray, kind of like Whitney's. Um, number she has on mm-hmm. i feel like i'm like on a raft at sea and you know in those movies like life of pie or like mm-hmm. um castaway maybe yeah castaway or like moana where there's a g- gigantic storm yeah mm-hmm. and the character is like clinging on for dear life and like fighting for her life and then the next she like comes to and it's like total calmness and like clarity yeah yeah and, yeah, like, yeah sort of purposeful drifting Ooh. Purposeful drifting. <laughs> I love it. I kind of feel like juxtaposition. that. So it's like it's actually like a good deep blue gray. That's like, a mood. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It's I also like your I'm second f- raft I'm experience. F- yeah, yeah. Well, I, I usually do find myself on rafts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about you, Elliot? Um, this week my color is the color of a new shoot for a plant when it's like still wet, but it's so bright green that it like stands out from the rest of the plant. Oh, yeah. And I feel like that because like I. I've been really working on um, being better for myself, by myself, if that makes sense. And it's like that new kind of green where um, if you touch it too hard, it'll break and die. And I feel like right now I'm like cultivating this thing that I'm like watching grow, but I need to like, I don't know, be careful, but it's really good. But I don't want to get too excited, if that makes sense. I've just been feeling good lately. So. Our energies never match up. And I feel no, like I feel they like this are week, today yeah. in this like sort of, I guess, for our last recorded episode of season two, that's a good thing. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I yes. forgot about that. <laughs> Ellie, do you do poetry? Because that whole, that everything that you just did right there, it was like, mm, I have. Was, yes. I have in the past. Yeah, I do love I to write. I, I um, It's mostly academic writing now and academic reading. So like to get to exercise anything creative is, I've been also trying to push myself to do that so mm. thanks for noticing <laughs> my mom used to make me write poetry all the time when I was young she Aww. bought me a journal multiple journals and like yes. would just like give me prompts I'd be like think about your name like what does that mean to you and like mysteriously leave me alone in a room for a while and I would just like write a poem about my That's name or so something. Your mom, I love way it. to so go mom. mom yeah straight up um okay can you before we move on too much tell our listeners a bit about yourself yeah, who am I? Who is this? Who are um, you? Who's this Frenchie? Existential corner. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess first of all, I um, a queer black woman living in Toronto, but like, sorry Toronto, I don't really love you that much. <laughs> um, my um, family background is from like the Caribbean, specifically Jamaica. Um, I'm the middle child, kind of quirky tree climber. Um, the Stephanie Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> and like very much like a, a nerd digging like Tetris all day, every day. <laughs> if you think you're the Tetris master, like, no, the answer is you're not. I am. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Just calling people out. Um, <laughs> I'm also like very like, um, like 
introverted, but like masks it with like an extroverted, like spoken word persona. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm just, I don't know, I'm just me. I'm just Frenchy and like kind of like a, a spunky weirdo who like tries to like live as like a woman with authenticity. That's amazing. I'm really oh, snapping. You can't. No one can see that, but I'm snapping. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the older I get, the more I might be learning that I am an introvert with extroverted tendencies. But I've always mm. painted myself as the opposite. Tom is looking at me like, "How did you not know that?" <laughs> of course <laughs> you <laughs> are. Are you crazy? He's <laughs> like, "Yes, that seems to make sense to me. I, I understand that." You need to be alone to recharge. <laughs> yeah, it's true. For way too long. We were but. talking about this just before the podcast. Yeah, it's true. Solitude. Yeah, it's so important to me. Ugh. Tom, do you know what solitude means? Solitude is my uh, enemy. Yeah, Mm. it's true. Downfall. Frenemy, maybe, I'm a true extrovert. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you... So we sometimes blindside our listeners with this, but we have a question for you. Okay. Do you find queerness political? And if so, do you think that it can be used towards a social end or social change? Hey, double barrel question. Double barrel Love question. It. Answer any, all, none of it. It's up to you. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like just being a queer black woman is political just by existing, mm-hmm. like in and of itself and like owning that, standing in that, existing in that. Um, yeah. So, yes. Um, and queerness for social change, like in my brain, I'm thinking of like, I guess two ways and it's the things that I'm like most passionate about, which is like reading and teaching, Mm -hmm. um, actually, pardon me, writing and teaching. So like if I'm writing stories, like right now I'm working on a novel and it's like a science fiction queer love story between two women of color. And it's like, that's to me is like some form of like social change like those stories need to be centered those Mm -hmm. stories need to be heard those stories need to like be in contrast to like the very harshness of like the world now but then also teaching and like I think in my teaching I don't like stand up in front of the class say hey everybody guess what we got a gay teacher today (laughs) (laughs) Um, don't shit I'm doing something wrong (laughs) so like it's it's um sometimes it's not as overt um but it's like even like like we've had in classes like classes that I've had like you know with Tom or like even like like the students from um Story Reno Studio and it's just like my very presence and my existence and my being allows them to like soften and feel vulnerable and they can actually like share their whole self without fear of like rejection or judgment um and there's just I don't know it's just there's something very like very political about that something very freeing to that um wow and it I don't know it's just it's just just existing and being and teaching um it doesn't have to be like hey queer babies I got you (laughs) (laughs) but you know when I see them and I roll up um I I was teaching up north actually and like uh, we had like the the K-pop crew, which was like they did love K-pop, but like it was kind of code for like these are like the queer babes who were just kind of like terrified for anyone to like kind of find out. But they were just like they were their own little enclave, wow. you know, support system. And so like my way of like showing like yo I got you is I brought uh, Mulan into the classroom. 
<laughs> on DVD. <laughs> and we would just play that at lunchtime. Like, who wants to watch Mulan? And we would sit there, and they were just like, yes, Ping is so conflicted. Yes. <laughs> and Ping is so conflicted. So conflicted. And they're just like, oh my God. This Ping, is like, what's your sexuality? And they're just Don't like, put him oh in a box, Tom. <laughs> they're like, this is like the best Disney movie ever. And they can talk about like queerness, gayness, like the, all different types of the spectrum without ever having to like really say it or like feel like you know like mm-hmm. but like they're like we're we're all kind of talking in code oh that's so cool <laughs> yeah 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 so the most amount of yes then that's fucking amazing yes, and, a, and, a, and a second yes oh i love that um this is like just something you said and made me think of it but science fiction for like our non-nerdy listeners seems to have been like a male-dominated genre but mm. it's so queer and it's so feminist and like a lot of people writing under pen names um with like acronym not acronyms but just like pseudonyms. Pseudonyms. Inis- pseudonyms but just like initials yeah yeah were either initials for a woman's name or a pseudonym just outright mm-hmm. and like look back on the history of it it's so fucking interesting and important and i love that you're like leaning into that work that's so cool yeah like kind of like fell into it i'm like oh i'm stuck it's it <laughs> <laughs> this is what it is all right let's do this that's so good speaking of you writing books i'm so good at transitions <laughs> <laughs> this best. i loved it <laughs> i'm here for you it you have a book coming out soon in the spring oh my gosh yes i do have a book coming out um the book is called uh, black writers matter um the book is through the university of regina press and it's an anthology so it's like it is a book that i have edited mm. and uh for those who may not know, so an anthology is a collection of other writers' work, um, which was such a process. It's a creative nonfiction by black Canadian writers. And I kind of am saying writers with air quotes because mm. like these are black folks who are telling stories. These are black folks that may not necessarily be professional writers. These are just like stories and narratives. So there's stories by folks who like are essayists and like wordsmiths and they spend a lot of time with the written word. Um, they're interviews from like cab drivers um i have like there's like definitely like stories of people that are like six seven eight generations um um who've been here like black folks who have been here in canada like holding down roots um stories from like a 14 year old who like you know like saw racism in her school and like marched into her principal's office and like told them off (laughs) um so when i say writers these are like black folks who are holding very real stories very personal stories uh close to their hearts and just like yeah so i'm excited about this anthology um it's a lot of work (laughs) it's been a lot of work i think we have 26 26 contributors wow that's that's like a lot of humans a lot of personas a lot of great stories Mm -hmm. um and i find like a lot of like um anthologies it's like you know like you know great black you know whatever or like you know like you know southeast asian you know writers or poets or whatever like these kind of like collection forms are very like the who's who or like the lead or marquee and like you know like Mm -hmm. who's up and coming whereas in this anthology my attempt was like to kind of subvert that expectation and just like really show the everyday um yeah the anthology is like for me it's like okay i want to show like what is that experience of being black being canadian being in this space blackness is not a monolith 
<laughs> I will actually just repeat that. Blackness <laughs> is not a monolith. That's <laughs> more for the people in the back. Let's just make it echoey. <laughs> monolith, monolith, monolith. Um, and so I was really excited about like what did that what that looks like. Like I said, there was like a fourteen year old who like contributed work. There's definitely folks like you know in the more seasoned mm-hmm. end of the spectrum talking about their stories. How did you find stories. all these voices? Um, God bless Facebook. Yeah, all right. <laughs> like, uh, honestly, there's a lot of people in social, like, on social media who have been, like, really, like, the book wouldn't have happened without them. They really, like, spread the word, the call-out that I had, um, having conversations with different people, and I wanted to, like, be as, um... Canadian in the sense that like we have contributors from New Brunswick we have Mm -hmm. contributors from Halifax we have contributors from like Montreal we have a black writer from the Yukon (laughs) that's right what is that we out here black people we out here (laughs) for our American listeners too like Canada is so vast and so different across the entire country a lot of people if they even think of it, think of it as literally one city. Like, yeah. I love that this And we're all that. sort of lined up right along the American border. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> there's nothing There's nothing beyond that. Yeah, so it's just, I don't know. The book is, it's been a blessing. It's been, like, a challenge for me also because it's, like, my first kind of book through, like, the traditional publishing route, which is in and of itself its own kind of labyrinth mm-hmm. of, of things. I imagine. But, uh... Has your publisher been supportive? My publisher has been supportive. We're live, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, cut that. <laughs> I, so do you ever have to meet with everybody contributing, or are you the only person that everyone goes through? Do you know what I mean? I am definitely, like, the compass, like, the centerpiece. Mm. Um, And, like like I said, there's some folks who are, like, who are abroad. And so we do, like, Skypes or, like, really intensive back-and-forth email, (laughs) like, correspondence. Um, So it's a process through and through. Like, it's, like... Definitely. Definitely. Um, In my mind, you kind of just, like, got an email of things and, like, added them and put them together. Oh, my God. I wish it was that easy, Elliot. I wish it was. No, 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 no. Like it, like it, it's funny because the first call out I like sent out I'm like yeah black Canadian writing nonfiction send me the goods and then I got a bunch of things um, and some of them were really great like those first things but there was not enough there was a mm-hmm. lot of things that were and I think again speaking to that monolith I think not just people who have projected stereotypes but like I think black folks specifically in Canada have internalized a lot of stereotypes not just about their blackness but about their Canadianness right mm-hmm. we're different than the Americans and this is why right wow so true Mm. so it was just like kind of like seeing these different stories and i'm like this this story's been told before this story's been told before and what i was interested in um one piece that i'm really like in love with is like a roundtable conversation with four afro-indigenous youth um and for me it was really important to show um their uh joy and their struggles and their very specific uh, intersectionality, um, being a young person, being of African descent, um, being an indigenous person, um, living here in Canada mm-hmm. and what that means to them and how they're perceived and how they, they navigate the world. Uh, that piece, like, and that was not, uh, that did not come to me. I actually had to go find those those individuals right. like call up my friends i'm like hey would your kid want to be in this anthology <laughs> well okay that's a good point is there any way that this podcast can be used to help you find people like is there do you have a blog that you post on or like 
Do you know what I mean? Is there a place I can tell our listeners to check for calls in the future? Ooh, that is good. I, I have like, I guess I have my website, but most of like the calls like I have like, on Twitter. Okay, cool. uh, For sure. Um, yeah, I think with that anthology, it was is interesting because I also uh, got mentorship through that. So shout out to David Shiriandi, who is like brilliant, amazing, like like award-winning writer but also a really cool like sensitive generous human Mm. who likes to like hike in the mountains like myself (laughs) and so um something that i really had to acknowledge is like taking on this project it's okay to ask for help actually it's warranted to ask for help and to realize like i'm a relatively young writer and there's been black canadian like anthologies been out in this country since like 1976 Mm. um and so I am actually following in that legacy. I'm just like continuing the song that is the anthology as opposed to like, oh my gosh, I have to make this anthology so much better and so much different. And no, 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 no. It's like, how do I continue the song? How do I continue that legacy piece? That's such a beautiful analogy. I love that. Mm. Can you, so I, on your website, speaking of it, it's WhitneyFrenchWrites.com. Yep. Correct? Okay. So Pay for that domain name. Direct everybody <laughs> there. Um, please check that out. Would you do me the honors of reading your vision and your mission uh, to our listeners? Yes, it's so, I can do as that. I was reading it today, I was like, no, this needs to be like out loud in the world. All right. Here we go. Uh, Whitney French writes, strives to develop, foster, facilitate, and distribute unique stories that are not often heard in the Canadian literary canon. To encourage and eventually support this continual growth in storytelling, Whitney French writes, creates books, personalized poems, and workshops that stir a love of writing within young people, marginalized people, community members, and aspiring writers alike, while valuing self-determination, creative spirit, high aesthetic, and literary experimentation Whitney French writes is an incubator that will propel a movement of alternative modes of learning for those who seek a holistic and lifelong journey in the arts. Damn, I wrote that. Right? It's so <laughs> fucking amazing. Oh, I, that was, I, was on a, I was on a tip. <laughs> I was on a tip when I wrote that. That's some good copy, Frenchie. Shoot. You did it. Oh, I love that. But yeah, like I it's, thank you. I I feel like that vision is still very true. Mm-hmm. It's still really true. Whoa! And like, if that doesn't resonate with anyone, which how could it not? Like, just you need to <laughs> you need to follow this amazing writer. It's fun seeing it in action. It's mm-hmm. yeah. the best part of my job for sure. Yeah, and I'm just like as I'm reading it, like it's like it's funny because like oh I have a vision and like you know when people put together they're like a business plan and it looks like this and mm-hmm. it does that. But I'm like I literally thought about like last night's zine launch and I'm like oh my god I'm actually following all these things, especially those values. Like those are like the four pillars. So like um, like I'm like very like what do you call it? I'm like a scrappy businesswoman. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I set up, like, my quarters with, like, magic markers and, like, post-it notes. But, like, for each quarter, like, I focus on self-determination, like, Mm. quarter one, and then creative spirit, like, quarter two, and then high aesthetic, quarter three, and then literary experimentation. But then even thinking about Story Reno Studio, like, all four of those things come into play. And, like, I I do take a lot of time for each one of those, especially the self-determination, because, like those students like plan that entire launch i pretty much like put it in their lap i'm like here are the deadlines i'll like do the typesetting for your zine but like y'all have to do everything else like they did the playlist they did when they were going to perform they like did the set list they decided how they wanted to set up the stage 
they chose the food like they chose the title of the zine like self-determination is a huge thing that people kind of forget when they are in a position of like you know teaching or educating or facilitating it's like no no no. you need to they need to have ownership Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you need to offer that up to the people that you're working with yeah amazing yeah and i guess i'll read the mission please i love that uh, Whitney French writes, offers engaging books, interactive professional workshops, and high-quality handcrafted poetry that specializes in you, the individual. Well, wow, I do feel like an ad. <laughs> 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 By keeping personal relationships focused, Whitney French writes ensures quality, creative, custom, customized products and services that re- will rekindle your love for the written word. I oh, hope it does. <laughs> thank you so much. Tom, as someone who was at the zine launch last night, what was what was it like? It really was. Um, it really was electric. I must say, I, I got there super early because I'm totally lame. I was no, no, no. You and so were, I was lucky enough amazing. to like read a lot of the zine before the performances started. But as soon as the performances started, I was like, oh my goodness! Like I loved them all, and one in particular that I loved was this um, trans dude. It was it like so he was talking about like like uh, doing crystal meth, like not knowing where he was, staying up all night, thinking the cops were getting out. We're getting, we're gunning for him, ending up in a church with homeless people. There were no groceries in that church that he was going to buy and like running around. It was so, like, it was just so, um, funny and like real Mm. and like, wow, not performative. Like, just this, like, telling this, like, fucking story. Mm -hmm. And I was just on the edge of my seat, like, that. What what was his name? So shout out to Stanton Dove. Stanton, oh my god, oh my so compelling. And I tried to to track him down and trap him afterwards, and and try to get him on. But scared away. He, he slithered, <laughs> slithered away from me, which is fine. Like what true talent does do. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and Stanton is like I like shout out to all my students, but Stanton is definitely the student. And I did say this last night. Like Stanton will be like, Hey, Winnie, like I have a piece, like like a new piece, and I'm like, Oh, send it to me, send it to me. It's like Sunday. Like, I'm not even working. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Yeah, bring it on down. It's like okay, I'll read these seven pages. I go through it. I'm like, okay, cool. And then I like highlight like, hey, Stanton, there's this, there's that, there's these different things. Like these are like some adjustments you can make. But I love what you did here, and I love what you did there. Fifteen minutes later, <laughs> I get an email. It's like, okay, I made all the changes. Now what? <laughs> I'm like holy shit! Like Stanton is like prolific, like just like cranking out wow. all of this incredible content. I want and- everyone to read it. Is there a way that our listeners can get? Are you okay? Oh yeah, the are you okay? Um, I feel like we haven't really gotten that far yet past the okay. zine launch, but we are hoping to be at a couple of zine fairs in Toronto. Mm. Um, on my Twitter, I'll definitely like promote it and post it. Just uh, what's your Twitter again? Just so it's at Whitney French One because I am the only one. <laughs> we can um, we should bring this to our live show and people can flip through it. Yeah, in the in between, we'll just leave Good it idea. up by the front. Jesse, yeah. don't forget that. Jesse, how dare you already forget it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually can I just speak to like Stanton's piece the one that yeah, was performed yeah, yeah. just Please. like even like I feel as though like Stanton's work it like it follows this like um, like this like adventure like this like kind of like like this like you know um, I guess I call it like um like a junkie adventure kind of vibe but it's Mm. like it's so much deeper than that like it's talking about redemption and self-destruction and like paranoia and like self-worth and like constantly like this idea of like being like addicted to crystal meth or like having like these like really sketchy ass friends but then I feel like Stanton like the kernel of it is like what is my self-worth within all of this and all this framework like 
for me that's like it's really powerful and enlightening and it really like disrupts like um kind of like these status quo ideas about like individuals who are like this is like their like their lifestyle Mm -hmm. um and i love the way that santon presents it with humor with wryness but then also with like a lot of like dignity and compassion Thank you. That's so much better said. Than yeah. what I said. <laughs> no, equally, equally well said. I it's don't just, know about that. Yeah, because I just feel like yeah, like a lot of people are like, oh, it's really funny and da, da, like and like that's great too. But like, there's like there's something. No, the reason why it was so, so compelling is it was fucking real. It was mm-hmm. real and like a richness to it. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, Stanton's like, I feel like this podcast is like, oh yeah, Stanton does, and then like maybe like a year later, it's like, just yeah. gonna blow the fuck up. I love it. <laughs> It sounds like, too, like, so much of the work that you see and that you do, there's this, I guess, notion where everyone, like, nods to the people in the margins, like, people who are marginalized, mm-hmm. and it, it like, there's, like, a single unified narrative that gets constructed, and, like, what you're doing, teasing out the individual and teasing out these really important just aspects of the lived experience in the margins is, like, it refutes that that compartmentalization of that singular narrative or something and Mm. I feel like that's so important and like how you were mentioning joy before joy is so fucking political because of course you can be joyful and still be marginalized and some days you aren't joyful and like you're not ever one thing and I feel like I don't know even people who try to do good work and speak to people in the margins and help people in the margins who are marginalized like often can I don't know unify it in a way that isn't helpful you know Mm -hmm. and make it like just like suffering right. porn or something if that makes sense and I yeah. feel like this really counters that in a really powerful way I'm really glad that you said that too because like I do feel like coming back to like the things that we do like in Story Reno Studio like we're talking about our our individual experience whether we're like fictionalizing our work or it's like a piece of like uh, creative nonfiction. Mm-hmm. like a lot of that has to do with like what are the details? What are the, what is the specificity? Like, how do we make our characters as real as possible? As opposed to, like, you know, these shorthands of, like, oh, this is a story about mental health. Right. Yep. Or, oh, this is a story about addiction. Yep. It's like, that was not a story about addiction. It was a story about, like, struggling to figure out your self-worth and, like, your sense of self. And sometimes, literally, like, where am I? Right. Um, like, an existential, but in a very physical way. Like, how did I end up in this church basement? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, sure, addiction might be in the story, but it's mm-hmm. not the story, right? Like, yeah, and it doesn't, like, play off of this trope of, like, this person is addicted. It doesn't define you. Like, Stanton wasn't, you know, trans or an addict or, you mm-hmm. know... They were not that. As in the, that piece, yeah, it in was that like piece, the they were not. They were the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really hope he's okay with us like picking Oops. him apart on this podcast. But, um, I know I love it. I really wish I could have been there. Yeah, it was so. It was really great. And like I, the other thing that I really enjoyed about it is like, and this is huge for Story Reno Studio. So it was at the launch, but it's also in our our programs. And I don't know if I went into this in detail, but we have this structure in place, and it's called the Critique Circle. Mm. And so the first two sessions are like kind of get to know you sessions and like really understanding your writing routine. And then right after that, we have this thing called the critique circle and we have two people who are in the circle like every week and they submit their work a week in advance or a couple weeks in advance. And like everybody reads their work twice. You got to read the work twice, at least twice. Mm -hmm. And then um, you select a moderator, which is like a peer. So again, like for me as a facilitator, what I'm trying to uh, unlearn is the way that I was taught creative writing, which you have a professor who has all the knowledge and all the power. And then we'll go around Mm -hmm. a circle and like tear each other apart 
for a grade and then your professor has the final say and everybody chooses favorites whereas in critique circle is I literally stop becoming the facilitator I like become like kind of a snotty participant <laughs> and sometimes I play up on that a little too much <laughs> and then one of my students literally leads the class for half an hour and sometimes sometimes like they've changed the lighting <laughs> sometimes they do writing exercises sometimes they change their voices <laughs> they do whatever they need to do to like be the instructor for that 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 half an hour and they hold space for their fellow peers and they'll be like hey Elliot we're gonna be like workshopping Elliot's work right now Elliot's gonna be taking notes um Elliot's not gonna like speak right now like they're just gonna like take notes and like like listen but like one thing that Elliot really wanted to talk about was like the character development like did you see the character arc that happened here so let's speak to that and then literally these students become the facilitator and they moderate the space for their peers and that way when it is like that 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 peers work all they need to do is listen and they're not (laughs) I shouldn't say they're not very good at they're getting better at listening (laughs) because you want to jump in and defend but like no the words need to speak for themselves and your moderator will stand up for you and so that trust Mm. is established within that group dynamic versus when I went to school we just like chewed each other out Mm -hmm. and so you saw some of that trust and And that that, makes mm -hmm. like that whole zine are you okay like really really a collaboration like truly everyone takes ownership for that whole thing definitely oh that's so funny yeah and the the art the title are you okay it was like in a whatsapp group it was like an inside joke in a whatsapp group and like i was so excited about the zine because they're like oh zines like whitney you should send us some like pictures of examples of zines and i just went on a bender and i just like looked up a bunch of zine like aesthetics because they wanted grungy chic and like please tell me if that's grungy chic because i feel like it kind of oh yes absolutely and um, I just sent them a bunch of pictures. It's very like Tumblr, hashtag aesthetic grunge, and I love it. Yes, <laughs> very much so. And so I sent them a bunch of pictures, and then like big up Mike Regis, who uh, isn't in the zine but was in the program, just like, Whitney, are you okay? <laughs> and everyone just like emojis and laughter and whatever. And that ended up being like kind of the title because it just, it had such a deeper meaning after after we said that. So organic. I love yeah. it. There's this podcast I talked about last time. People are literally sick of hearing me talk about it, but it's called... <laughs> terrible thanks for asking and the entire thing is just about how Mm. it's so important to answer this question honestly like are you okay and to say no I'm not if you're not and like I'm trying to cultivate that honesty and I really I love the work that this does that's so amazing thank you thank you for saying that I like that it's so good I feel like I'm good at like yeah are you it's such an important question especially these times and I feel like I'm good at at that with you two specifically mm-hmm. i need to Chefs. be better at it with other people but yeah. like like an a good honest start. check-in with like one person a day mm-hmm. or two people a day is like mm-hmm. and like not everyone practice. can hold the answer of are you okay like people say yeah. it like very flippantly hey are you okay i'm like yeah. eh. like and that's kind of why we've been conditioned to like say it like oh i'm fine or i'm good because like i actually don't even trust if the other person can hold my answer that i'm oh, not right. okay right? right and right. it reminds me of like the work that we do um with our creative writing like check-in and like these are like some super awesome like there's like a trifecta of like brilliant They're like amazing. high school students and we do a really like our check-ins have been like super a quarter deep. of the class <laughs> <laughs> yeah like we take up a lot of time with our check-ins like do we even write anymore <laughs> that's so important though yeah it is it is specifically with these uh, students mm-hmm. it is. Really special. I'm um, speaking of writing. Can we ask you to share one of your pieces? Yes. 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 That's okay. okay. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to share something. Oh my! I can't even believe I'm reading. This is super new. Like fresh out of the gates. Um, I need to put my mic down because I'm scared. I'm just gonna be like, yes, yes. Well, 
I don't know. It's like it's very different than what I'm used to writing. I don't like giving a preamble for the poem, but I will a little bit. And I'm kind of in this space um, right now where I'm thinking of science fiction, but not always like I'm thinking of past, present and future simultaneously happening. So like science fiction, a lot of people think of like, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, someone in a spaceship, you know, rocketing into like the galaxy. And that's really cool. (laughs) I'm a big nerd and I love that stuff. But I'm also thinking of science fiction as like coming together at a dinner table and like the person beside you doesn't speak the same language as you, but like, you know how to share love. Um, So this piece is, I guess, a food poem, but like I'm trying to play with the idea of like communicating as a form of science fiction. Um, and it's called A Lingua Franca in Diaspora. I can't believe I'm reading it, but here we go. Fuck yes. Um, one home-cooked meal. A tongue in the mouth held heavy in memory. When the piri-piri kicks the back of the throat, everyone will know when the revolution kicks us into action. Meanwhile, Tamron's taunt. While rum drops whistle for pigeons and dialects and creoles, Keeps us grumbling for the other. Keep on marinating griots and saltfish water. Keep on keeping a tongue, our tongue, defying gravity. Bulbous clusters and coated cuisines digging mangroves in the mouth. Split voices, shelled peas stretched across times. Gunga water gathered in Joloff wood bowl, swollen and sacred. We hear the meal breaking forth. Curried goat meat chunked histories arranged articulately alongside the grit of cabbage and collard greens and callaloo collapsed on a plate pimentoed and peppered just for us uprising alive and well on our lips but we've been sitting in a field of tin bully beef for too long cross-legged and cornered by variety stores as essential as hospitals the homesick pass through and our prescribed package sorrel, weary travelers cured by a whiff of allspice. We must stir the movement and mm. revive and remix these passages through passage. Two, the pilgrimage. A black child stands in a smoky kitchen and reads the air as home. Sweet. Fried plantain locks in their locks as a volatile vapor programmed to release if one is too far away from home. Tangy odor activates a shield to warn off predators, creatures in the business of colonizing home. This black child snaps off anchors of some other time, hollowed stones turned modern moorings and bottled up kitchen smoke in the mouth, spilling between laughter and lightness for the journey because this time, that time, their time becomes our time, becomes our home, and anything is possible with hot food on your back. I literally don't have words. That was so Holy I also shit. haven't read that aloud ever, so... How did that feel? It felt so good. The, oh, yes. I just love that it was about food because mm-hmm. all the words were so tasty. <laughs> <laughs> The sensory, yeah, the sensory yeah. dimensions. That was phenomenal. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Wow. People have so much to learn from you. <laughs> it's so exciting. I have so much to learn from people. Like, thank you for just, like, letting me read. Like, thank that is, like, reading. raw material. <laughs> <laughs> How long would something like that take you to compose where you feel comfortable with it? 
Um, so the first portion of it, um, the one about like the tongue and the mouth and the memory, um, I actually did that in a poetry workshop mm. in Washington, D.C. And our instructor, Kyle Dargan, shout out to Kyle, gave us 10 minutes to write it. Wow. Which is rude. <laughs> you did that in 10 minutes? Like, that's kind of rude, Kyle. Like, Wait, hold on. You did that in 10 minutes? Well, I did a draft of it. And that's You're the thing about rude. poetry. You are rude. Hogging <laughs> the talent. <laughs> but that's the thing about poetry. Like, when you think of, like, a novel, it's like, oh, yeah, you have one draft and you have a second draft. But, like, poetry, like is precision mm-hmm. right and like you were talking about that word before tom like all these words are precise and like it doesn't just happen like i'm just gonna vomit a bunch of words and it's all gonna be perfect like the first kind of like version of it the first version of the recipe comes out a certain way but then you perfect it and then you just craft it and you carve it and so i'm still in the process of carving out this poem and finding the words that work well or the smells that work well or the images that really hold the idea that i'm trying to like push forward and I'm not even sure if I'm successful with that, right? Because it still feels like a food poem and I'm still talking about futures and different times and I'm trying to like kind of infuse like a subtle like science fiction leaning without it being like too kind of like we're going to eat like fried chicken in space, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's like and everyone's like, oh, it's a work in progress, but it's really poetry never stops becoming yeah. a work in progress. You work it every time you read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Tom. <laughs> Are you crying? No, I'm not crying. I'm just like. <laughs> no, so I want you. Now, now you have to cry every episode. So, <laughs> so happy to have you in my life. Anyway, oh, I'm not happy to, to have you in my life. <laughs> like, real talk, though. Yeah, I know. Let's just, like, acknowledge that. I know. That's important. Okay, thank you. You're right. You always remind me of the... It's so funny. Whenever we have, like, Whitney and I share a lot of time in the car together. Yes. And I'll always, like, end up, like, breaking down about something. (laughs) (laughs) And she'll always leave me with, like, the same sentiment. Just like, don't forget the joy, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget the joy. I've never heard of her before. (laughs) (laughs) Do not forget the joy. Like, those debriefs in the car have been pretty epic. I know. So you guys actually walked in here talking about your latest debrief, and there's no real segue to get into it, except for the fact that, so last week we were talking about um, the monk debate that we had protested, or that Mm -hmm. we attended the protest for, I should say, Bannon and Frum speaking, and I think last episode kind of summed up our our icky, tricky, sticky feelings about the entire thing. but Whitney, you said something amazing, and I don't just want to throw you into it. So, well, I'll- yeah, I'll set it up. Uh, so, uh, I was excited to debrief with Whitney about what happened last Friday, especially because I knew that Whitney was there also, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get her thoughts on it because I know that we felt, and we said last episode, it felt a little like stoking the fire, mm-hmm. and so it got me thinking a lot about this particular protest and also protest in general, and. Um, and and how, how how do we rectify like sort of um the the toothless nature that mm-hmm. sometimes it feels like yeah or like how do we like how do we congregate bigger and better and like right. more efficiently yeah and i think when we were speaking in the car something that like i've been thinking about for a while i've been um, meditating on and like mulling over and trying to learn and understand because like my activism is in my writing and so when i chose to leave my house and and go to um where was it the royal Roy thompson hall. hall um this is like not my um preferred form of protest mm-hmm. um and so even as i'm about to speak i'm like acknowledging people who um have like a long history of organizing like fully understand like it is a theory and practice 
like the the, the act and the art of protesting mm-hmm. there's a lot of moving parts to it um but then i'm also thinking about what is activism and what is protest and i feel like especially people who are kind of removed from it kind of like relate them as the same thing whereas in like protest to me is like okay um we need to make an action so that the general public usually the media um are alerted to these things and we need to like you know shake shit up right Mm -hmm. but then uh we were talking about like this idea of like stoking the fire and like uh specifically as like this particular protest like relates to like the fascists and the idea that if you protest right whether you're like doing a blockade or you're just like you know like you're holding up signage or whatever you're trying to shame somebody um into like knowing or kind of understanding or like coming to terms or facing the 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 beliefs and the value system that the protesters have Mm -hmm. whereas the fascists don't have no damn shame (laughs) like (laughs) they do not um like you know what i mean like there would be like it, it like I guess, like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, you do a protest, and then you just, like, you know, and there were people literally shouting, like, shame, yeah, and, yeah. like, and, but it's almost like... And what we saw on the other side of the fence is that those those people wanted us. Yeah, like, that they was wanted part of their, That was they part of their it. entertainment. And, yeah, like, we were, like, a preamble yeah, to exactly. their... Um, you know, event. So Literally something's anything. wrong. Something's off. We bolstered mind. their politic. We set yeah. them up to have a more meaningful night because we were yelling shame at them. Yeah. And so like my, I guess for me, like I'm, I guess I'm always questioning and understanding like what is like the function of protest in that moment? Uh, and also what's the function of like activism? And we were talking in the car about like um, post protest and like the function of like community and activism. Mm-hmm. And like, this is not to say that this isn't happening in Toronto or in other places in the world. But like when I, as like a singular person decide to go out into the street and to protest um there's like there is like like i'm around a lot of people but there is a sense of loneliness like what happens after the protest like how do we have these debriefs after how can we only come together when like shit hits the fan right Mm -hmm. when things are like really hard like how can we don't come together to heal more often right how can we don't come together um to, like there's usually a couple people who are doing like that organizing work mm-hmm. but how do we mobilize outside of protest and within like using protest like as the tool as like just using protest as like like the performance um and i think that community kind of like cohesion at least for me in my experience was like that piece that was missing and and you kind of sense it right yeah. mm-hmm. um and like and then that may or may not speak to the idea of like stoking the fire and yeah. like other ways, like if you can't shame them, then you gotta attack their money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> like, right. That's yeah. right. Strategy, this is, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, like like you can only shame somebody with a heart. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah, it's like if you call a white supremacist white supremacist, they'll be like, "Indeed, thanks for noticing." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I am that Carry on. thing. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. I am. I'm writing my dissertation on social movement um, and queer communities, and I'm Ooh. just gonna like give it to you. Like it's, it's now, <laughs> now it's yours. Thank you very much <laughs> for that. <laughs> um, Jesse, how are we for time? Okay, we should do our things. What else? Oh, how dare you! I know mm. you're the patriarchy, Jesse. <laughs> no, Jesse. <laughs> Do you have my phone? Um, can you send the, the round? This is so much fun. I know. I love this so much. Okay, wait. I don't care. Like, I just want to spend more time because... Please. Uh, I, I don't Jesse, care. like, I 
fuck you. <laughs> Zero would to you, just do it. What you need to do? Literally no, he's controlling things. time. He's <laughs> controlling the colonial time. Yeah. <laughs> it is controlling the colonial time, Jesse. Um, we never touched on your like your queerness and how you became to oh, be a yeah. fucking queer woman. Yeah, how I, I oh, uh, I guess I had like a queer story. Okay, so a little like background so i grew up in a very very white town bradford ontario big up bradford but not right next to big new up bradford oh, okay. yes. right beside Newmarket. that's where i bought all my clothes oh, <laughs> went yeah. to the the get, got my ice Mall. cream Bef- yeah. like there was there's an ice cream shop like my last year of high school but we always went to the baskin robbins in Newmarket <laughs> of rock and chalk that was like one of my first volunteer rock and chalk. yo yeah. rock climbing. i lived right near there right yeah. Uh, Upper Canada Mall, like that's where all the cool kids hang out. There was like Christian Club, and we would kind of try to like climb up the down escalators for fun. Only Uh, white people, though. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. It's Newmarket. (laughs) Go without saying. (laughs) Because it doesn't go without saying. (laughs) And also, I think our church was in in Newmarket, and we were like the only black family. Anyways, I digress. Um, Bradford, smaller, more Mm. agricultural. And um, I remember in high school, like, shout out to my friend uh, Ben Shropshire. Um, who may or may not be listening to this? Ben, where you at? Yeah. Um, yeah, like I just remember like Ben and other like folks just being like, you know, the only thing worse than being gay, Bradford is being black. I'm like, but, and in my head, in my little like closeted head, I'm like, but what if you're both? <laughs> it was very scary. Mm-hmm, it was a very, yeah. very real, very scary experience. And I remember one day, very distinctly, my mom asked me like just point blank if I was gay I don't know if she said are you gay or if you're a dyke or you're a lesbian I don't know if she her exact phrasing but it was like something of that nature and I was terrified I was like she smells it <laughs> 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 shit and so like I like went to like a friend of mine and they had like what is it J16 magazine mm-hmm. and I was like flipping through them and I was like looking for a fake boy crush to put oh. on my wall and like I picked Lance Bass and Ricky Martin. <laughs> you didn't. I you did, did because I didn't know. I'm like, they look like, you know, boys that like, you know, like heteronormative girls would really vibe with. Let me put them on my wall. Oh, my God. Those look like safe boys to me. Yeah. Like, this looks like what I should do. Oh, fuck. That's funny. I didn't know that. That's so good. And then I had to like pretend that I was upset when my sister would like rip up the Ricky Martin. Like there was a lot of performance. Like yeah. I had to fake a lot of things. <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely like, I'm like looking back now. I'm like, really? Well, did it make you a good actor? Like, is that yeah, why you're it, so it, talented? It helped with the acting. It definitely helped with the acting. <laughs> I hear that. I hear all that. Yeah. Like Bradford was, yeah, it was, it was, ooh. Elliot, yeah. to give you a picture, um, as you drove in, past the new market uh border into bradford there was a something called Gwilly. yep <laughs> and so because bradford is also called east Gwillenberry, i don't know why west Gwillenberry. west so oh, sorry west yes. Gwillenberry. and they had a giant carrot on a billboard that would wave its arm like yes. this carrot had an arm and it waved to you as you drove into yeah. bradford and that's bradford how that is that the whitest thing i've ever heard of? Yeah. But wait, really. exactly. it gets even better because there are like a bunch of like really cool kids at school who like she's using air quotes for air quotes who would like tie like a beer bottle to like willie's hand (laughs) (laughs) this is small town shit wow that is so bradford too it's super super bradford three billboards outside of bradford like Like, waving at you and there's also carrot fest not just willie but there's Mm -hmm. a fest Mm -hmm. where you like bake carrot 
cake and carrot bread. There's a Mr. and Mrs. Carrot. I don't know if they do that anymore. I don't want to like. Let's I'm on record not. now. Let's hope not. But yeah, they still do carrot. Sorry, every Mr. Year. and Mrs. Carrot, if you're listening. I'm intrigued. I want to. I want to see the competition. But wanna, Allison, you does... just want to sit on all the carrots. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Tom always knows. Always knows <laughs> the ulterior motive. But Allison does like a potato fest too. But Allison is like their potato fest is like a thing. Mm-hmm. It's like they take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, it's really scary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Allison, but not. But not the opposite of a shout out. No. Um, we do need to wrap up. I don't want to. Jesse, don't want to stop telling me to. Mm. Um, we uh, so when we went. I know this is almost a year old now, but uh, Dickwick and some of our um, uh, friends went to the Women's March this past January, and we got to see you speak at it. Yeah. It was phenomenal. That was the first time I'd ever seen you in yeah. the real world, and I like like. <laughs> fangirled hard yeah. at you. Aw, I know. I was like, hi, Tom. You're like, that's my friend. <laughs> so funny story. This is a real shout out. So a real shout out to uh, Beyonce, uh, Bianca Spence, who like invited me to come to the Women's March. And like, this is me being super ignorant, but like, I didn't know what it was because I think when it happened the year before last, mm-hmm. yeah. I was in Jamaica. So like, right. I, just, I just remember like, Trump was in, in like government and like all those things were happening and like all these bands were happening and I was in Jamaica. So like, I was kind of getting everything like second or third hand information like I don't understand what's happening mm-hmm. in North America right now um, and so I missed all of that and so my friend Bianca's like hey Whitney can you like do this thing for like this women's march it'll be fun and I'm like yeah sure no problem so I just like brought my zine like no expectation like I'm like oh it's gonna be cold outside I'll just like go do this thing and she's like okay cool and then I get there I'm like whoa this is um <laughs> this is like a this is like a real big event <laughs> and then I went up to the podium and then like I like opened up like my zine I looked out and there were what like 30,000 oh yeah yeah Maybe even more. Yeah, City Hall. More. There ah. were humans everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, just like don't wet yourself. Just read from the page. And you seem so, so comfortable. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the acting. Right. <laughs> that's Ricky Martin. Ricky Martin that's being Ricky ripped Martin. up in front of you. <laughs> it's just like, you've got to love this man. You've got to be attracted to this man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so powerful. Yeah. yeah, it was. And it's it's funny because I think the theme was like the like future, like the future for yourselves or women in the future or something. And I took it so fucking literal. <laughs> like it was a story, science fiction short story about this cyborg woman uh, who like just did this like surgery to like kind of upgrade her parts so that she doesn't have to like like she's stronger than anybody like she like doesn't have to like menstruate like she literally modifies her body to ensure her safety as a woman in the world Mm. and she's writing a letter to like her like good friend and telling her friend to do the same thing and telling her all the reasons why this is like so I like went to like everyone's like oh in the future and like they're just like yeah I want this and like healthcare and education Mm -hmm. and women should be in control of their bodies and I'm like, cyborgs. so the year is like 2086, <laughs> and we are all just going to become a bunch of cyborgs. <laughs> Women be technology, represent. <laughs> My favorite lineage of scholarship. It's so good. Oh, it's amazing. Um, I don't want to wrap this up. I don't, I don't, this can't be happening. I we don't need to. <laughs> it's okay. Just it's our like, last, it's our last recorded episode. We can indulge. Yeah, we really should. Um, <laughs> Whitney, do you want to take a look behind you? Um, at, <laughs> at oh Pamela gosh, and maybe Pamela. try to try to tell our listeners what, what vibes exactly she's oh giving Oh my you. lord. Okay, so Pamela is she she has these like luminescent locks, like these like <laughs> 
burgundy, like maybe like a burnt, like ember, like curly locks, like down to like her scruff. (laughs) 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 Um, And what seems as though like hair hair curlers are really, uh, they're Belmont cigarettes. (laughs) And she is looking off into the distance like she really don't give a fuck. Like she really don't. And she is sporting this like, like single strap, like spandex gold, like I want to say it's a jumper or a bodysuit, but really I think she's just like reinvented this entire um, <laughs> like, like I don't even know, like outfit. Um, she is giving me all kinds of vibes. Like I, I'm surprised that the, 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 the cigarettes aren't lit. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> she's, <I> feel, pregnant. <laughs> and she's pregnant and she's yeah, pregnant. She pregnant. Uh, Pamela, thank you for your existence. <laughs> It's the nicest thing, again, anyone's yeah, ever said to yeah. Pamela. It just keeps it, getting it, better. She's angrier now. She doesn't like when people thank her. Mm-hmm. Well, she she seems reverent of you at the same time as yeah. she's upset. Her, her stony countenance may be lifting. Mm-hmm. Slightly. And she's peering, like, out the window. Stony. Like, so, like, yeah. really, mm-hmm. like. Ominously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something's like in she, the sky. She knows about well, it. Well, she knows storms. what the future is, is going to be like. Yeah, and she like, does. Yeah. Like, she's futuristic she's right now. She's part cat, part mm-hmm. cyborg. She really is. Very futuristic. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for being on theme again, Pamela. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have some quoting questions to ask you. Ooh. Bizarre lightning round. Okay, I'm ready for it. Oh my god, oh, sorry. It's a real cat. <laughs> the real my cat just showed up. Pamela has summoned her minion. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> cat just scaled the chair. Okay, Thomas, do you want to do the honors? Um, nutrients or nude riots? Nude riots. Plastic straws or plastic surgery? Plastic straws. Brad Pitt or oven mitt? Oven mitt. (laughs) If you were an animal, which one would you be? It's like a toss-up between those salamanders that like change color and shit (laughs) or a jellyfish that actually has a brain. Amazing. Wow. (laughs) Love that. Zine or queen? Why couldn't it be both? (laughs) That's an answer. Oh, I want them both. What do you think Met Gala's next theme could be? Like, I'm just going to cheat and just be like, future everything. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. That's what I was hoping for. What's your favorite swear word? Oh, it's a, it's a Jamaican swear word. Um, Can you say it? Yeah, Ross Clot. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your first girl crush? Spinelli from Recess. Yes. Oh, my God. Who's, oh, oh, yeah, we're talking about that. Tell me that. Who's your queer icon? Uh, Grace Jones meets Tracy Chapman. Wow. Um, what's your biggest source of inspiration? Um, the lines of a tree trunk and Octavia Butler's ghost. Wow. And what's your favorite sound? Silence. That that was amazing. <laughs> that was really fun. Thank you. And it <laughs> made me really think. <laughs> Very contemplative answer. Yeah, no, thank you so much. <laughs> Um, so this episode has been pretty uplifting and amazing. So thank yes. you for that. Yay. We're still going to end on a silver lining. Silver yes. lining. Um, it's good practice. Does anyone have one prepped and ready? <laughs> I, can, I love this phase right now, Tom. <laughs> I'm horrified. I can start just really, really <laughs> briefly. Um, we never actually talked about the American midterm elections on this podcast, which is surprising. Oh. Um, I feel like maybe we like just needed to pull out from like looking at the world for a mm-hmm. second. Yeah. But 
in nature of just appreciating when good things happen because we tend to focus on bad things. Yes. Um, so the Democrats took the House, mm-hmm. which is really exciting. Uh, Republicans have Senate still. However, um, people put a lot of effort into changing the landscape, the political landscape, and it happened. And there's a landslide um, elected candidates who are queer and of color. And, and there's an indigenous woman who's queer and has a two-spirit um, daughter and just like this amazing landslide of uh, resurgence of queer power and like mm-hmm. it was just the I just want to note like recognize the work that was put into that and that's my silver line. Do you want to know a few mm. specific ones? Please, just please, for, yeah. Just for Yay. So Jared Polis is the first openly gay man to win a governor's race, and that's in Colorado. Yeah. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is the <sighs> youngest woman elected to Congress. Mm. She's a New York activist. Um. Who else do we have here? Uh, Minnesota, Ilan Omar, and Michigan's Rashida Tlaib are the first Muslim women in Congress. Bum, bum. Fuck yeah. Ayanna yeah. Presley is Massachusetts' first black congresswoman. Yes. Uh, Johanna Hayes is Connecticut's first black congresswoman. Deb Haaland and Cherise David's first Native American congresswoman. Michelle Lujan Grisham, Huge. New Mexico's first Latina governor. Marsha Blackburn, Tennessee's first woman senator. Abby Finkenauer and Cindy Axney, first woman elected to House from Iowa. I'm going to go on. Christy Nome, first woman governor in South Dakota. Veronica Escobar and Sylvia Garcia, Texas's first Latinas elected to Congress. Janet Mills, Maine's first woman governor. Woo! To name a few. To name a few. And, like, what a, like, yes, definitely, like, acknowledging the labor that went into that. But then also, like, representation is only phase one. Yes. We have so much work to do. We have so much love to give. But I'm excited, but also, like, representation. Right. Phase one. Right. You got to keep, you got to keep pushing. What's next? Yeah. Yeah. Celebrate and keep it, keep it rolling. Keep it going. Thank you for saying that. Yes, definitely. Elliot has left us to go, um collect his pot jesse what's he doing getting his pot okay so elliot has left the podcast to get his pot but i'll go next which is a good reason um my silver lining is um well i just have to be honest and i know it's kind of like kicking a a, an alive horse but it was your zine launch last night like we've already gone into all the details of why it was amazing sorry i'm back i had to get that legal weed (laughs) (laughs) But it was a really special experience, and I'm really proud of you as my friend to Aww. be able to pull that shit off. And thanks for coming so early, and just it's just really nice to, like, because, like, before you showed up, it was, like, just us, the performers, and I just, um, I remember I just, like, scolded them. I'm like, did y'all invite your friends? Because <laughs> I know you're nervous. You don't want to perform in front of nobody, because you probably just, like, didn't invite your friends. <laughs> so, yeah, when you came in through that time. Um, silver lining. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be from today. It doesn't have to be from this week. It doesn't have to be profound. It doesn't have to be profound. It okay. can be mundane. It can be really mundane. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, cool. I'm going to go super hella mundane. My socks are dry. Yay. When I started the <laughs> podcast, my socks were wet because it was pouring rain. And it sounds really silly, but I think it's I think it's important mm-hmm. to recognize like small little changes. Like it's good. Warm feet, warm heart. That. I think that's going to make people a lot happier if we can all learn to do that. And that's something I'm trying to actively teach myself. So thanks for that lesson. Mm -hmm. Small acts of gratitude, yo. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Uh, Whitney, can you plug your handles one more time? All the handles. So the website is WhitneyFrenchWrites.com. Please use it because I'm paying for that domain name. <laughs> thank you. It's a very beautiful website. <laughs> thank I must you. Say. Thank you. Um, I'm on Twitter, which is Whitney French, and then the number one. I am on Instagram to my detriment. I think I'm an addict. Uh, Whitney French writes on Instagram, on the Facebook thing. It's like Facebook.com slash Whitney French writes. Um, and yeah, or if you see me on like the street, you can say hello and ask me how are, are you okay? Mm-hmm. But I will give you a real answer. Are your feet dry? <laughs> and I'll be like, yo, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And um, our listeners um, can follow Dickwick at Do You Queer or Die Queer um, Facebook. It's Patreon Dickwick, D Y Q W I Q. Instagram is Dickwick. Same thing. Uh, email us, do you email queer us. what I queer at gmail.com. Yep. Let us know what you think about this episode. Let us know if you have any questions for Whitney that we can forward. Um, just let us know your thoughts and let other, us know if you're okay. Yeah. Uh, other than that, we'll see you on November 19th at seven o'clock at glad day bookstore yeah bookshop yeah and that um, is in the village in toronto for anyone who would care to, to venture to it's make a gonna be trip. a lot of fun we have a lot of good people lined up so yes. i guarantee it'll be a fun night yeah. um and without further ado whitney we'll thank you, you so much night. again thank you both so much for having me it's like super long overdue like <laughs> yeah it has. this is like definitely made what a special Friday. way to go out for season two i'm yeah. very happy about it we're gonna keep listeners updated too on your upcoming um project yeah. and book as well absolutely so keep your keep your ear out um yeah bye 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 One, two, ready, go. Come tune in for more. That's a wrap. Yes.